What are you, some kind of rich preppy? What are you, what do you got, money, you fucking loser? What do you, I bet you got a small dick too, right? What do you got, a small dick and a big bank account, you fucking preppy loser? Yeah, you love me, you want to fall in love, you want to marry me, you fucking loser? Hey, why don't you go fuck yourself, you preppy? Oh, am I, a, am I adorable? Love means never having to say you're sorry, you piece of shit. Go fuck yourself, preppy. I, uh... Oh, oh boy, oh, boy. Did you watch the director's cut? Because I don't recall. Dude, I... How did a love story happen when she's just so... She's very rude in the first two minutes of this movie. Yeah, hey, snobs... gone about snobs, business. You're not a one... You're... That's the problem, dude. I, you know, when I signed up for this podcast, I thought I was hanging out with... Just an out-and-out slob, but it turns out I've been doing a podcast almost 100 episodes with a secret snob. Yeah. Snobs versus slobs. You take the snob side every oh, time. no, I'm not taking... No. Oh, wait. Who's the slob? Allie McGraw, baby. She's a slob? What are you talking You see where about? she lives? Cranston, Rhode Island. Slob. <laughs> capital of slob. Her, slob country, USA. Her father owns a, a fucking bakery. Yeah, a They're one bakery. Right. They're doing all right, dude. All right. I don't know. I saw that uh, dude, that two-family duplex. Shit. He's way too rich to be one human being in this. He's what? Like, all the money that he has. Well, his family has. Which, dude, um, this movie sucks. Play the <laughs> theme. Love story. Two boys in a balcony, in a balcony, a balcony. Two boys in a balcony, in a balcony, a balcony. Yesterday. All right, you start it. I apologize. All our troubles seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, wait. Oh, I believe. So you're telling me that our problems are still here, even though the big bag of shit left? I have seen only a marginal improvement in my (laughs) life. I woke up uh, pretty giddy on Thursday, I'll tell you that much. Yeah? Yep. And it was almost like I had been doing illicit drugs, but I had not. I just got a good night's sleep. Look at you. Eight hours. You feel fresh. No, it wasn't eight hours. It was about 15. 15 hours yeah. of sleep? Yeah. That's you can't possibly good, right? sleep 15 hours. No, not straight. I get up like three or four times to pee. Okay. Well, that doesn't... Drink, that's a, still... drink a pot of coffee, and then I go back oh, right. to bed. Yeah, that's going to really fuck up your uh, your REM. Yeah, You're I don't know. Get... I woke up Thursday morning, and I, I was uh, a little pepping by step. Yeah? Yeah. And then I watched uh, yeah. this movie, and fucking goddamn it, gone. It's all that gone. shit gone. Let I me ask uh, you something. Sean. Okay, Could I just sure. Ask you something. No, you didn't really think that that was a quote from the movie that I did up top, right? That no, was all me. Bill. That was just me riffing. I was to just the point doing to the point where we had a we had a ten minute conversation about it before we started recording. Oh, That's how much I knew. Give it away. Dude. Oh shit! I'm sorry. We Whoops. were still. I was still improving. Oh uh, yes, and yeah, we're doing good. We're on fire. Look, it doesn't I'm matter because this pod is on fire. Oh, I was singing the Van. I was doing the Van Halen. I'm I was on doing, fire. I was doing my Van Halen, Alicia Keys. 
What is your Van Halen? Van Alicia Hager? Keys. You a Van Sharon boy? I'm a uh, Alicia Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys, Keys. Halen. Love, love Keys Halen. She's very talented. She would be a great frontman for Van Halen. Don't she, make any I, fucking qualms. Oh, dude, I wouldn't. Well, I mean, I now I can't imagine. I don't know if imagine she could do the if, high kicks. Imagine if Wolfie Van Halen carried it on with Alicia Keys, kicked Uncle Alex out as the drummer, and <laughs> <laughs> bring back Michael Anthony. Yeah, no, he wouldn't bring back Michael Anthony because he plays. You, oh, because he plays bass. Yeah. <laughs> he's the reason Michael Anthony's not yeah. in the band. Now, how That's, hard that must have fucking sucked ass, right? From Michael I mean, Anthony, it's, it's got to be rough. You know that when when that happened too, that the, uh, they fucking like Van Halen, they posted like re, re redone covers of the album, like the first album. It's got the four of them on it, you know. Yeah, and they fucking replaced them with fucking Wolfie, dude. So like, I what... listened, I listened to that album yesterday, as a matter of fact, and yesterday. Dude, Van Halen, Van Halen's uh, self-titled debut album fucking rocks, dude. It is so uh, good. I'll never know. You've never listened to it? I don't like Van Halen. We know oh, this. Dude. Their first, their first, like, well, all the David Lee Roth albums, I think, are incredible. 1984 is amazing, dude. It's like 34 minutes, and it's fucking incredible. Yeah. Yeah, right. but this isn't our Van Halen podcast, Sean. We're doing our movie podcast right now. The what? Yeah, we're all over the place. We're 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 just living life, man. We're living life. It's good to be back outside, breathing on everybody. The sun is shining. I'm not Corona, doing that. Corona is gone. Well, Q's gone. Not yet. Oh well, it's oh, on Q's its way gone. Out. Yeah, they're all done. They've admitted they that they were mistaken. Yeah, whoopsies. Egg on our face, fellas. We'll be going back to our normal jobs now. Our normal uh, lives. D- uh, d- yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to miss Q, I think, the most of all. I'm not going to miss Q because I'm... Hey, let me ask you this. Okay. How did the, how did the Q thing turn, turn out? That Was it Donald Trump? It was, right? Uh, he was no. the one telling him crazy things to storm the Capitol. Like... Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't do that behind a letter. He just said that stuff himself. All right. We still don't know. The mystery is out there. You Some know people the... think it's a nerd in Japan. Some you people know... think it's a nerd in Canada. The only common ground is the <laughs> Q is absolutely a nerd. Yeah. Hey, uh, so how many fewer people do you think would have died in this country in the last year if the president wasn't busy plotting a coup? Oh, I mean... At least two hundred thousand. I would almost, almost certainly, uh, the same amount. It's not like he. It's not like the coup was taking up his time. <laughs> yeah, it was, dude. It was taking up. That's why all these vaccines are getting thrown out, dude. They had no plan, dude. They spent yeah, all the money on vaccines that they were not distributing because he yeah, was busy yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to take over the fucking government and stay king. Yeah, but they didn't dude, do this a good thing. Job. Is huge, dude. It's like fuck. It's this wasn't fucking. A couple thousand yokels storming the fucking Capitol. This was a concerted effort by the fucking sitting president of the United States to Whoa. overthrow the the incoming government, dude. Yeah, we're the political podcast now. Two Whoa. boys in a balustrade, which Only I believe one. is a political balcony. I'm not I'm entirely not. sure. I kick me out of this balcony. I want off. Right, hey, stop the world. Out. I want out. Good because I've already been talking to George Stephanopoulos about taking oh, dang. place. Yeah, he's he's Lefty Q. Yeah, and then uh, 
Jim Carville is going to actually take my place. Oh, fucking! That's so we're good... both we're both getting downsized off this. Yeah, dude, boy. the war room is back, baby. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, did you ever watch that? That's a great documentary. I about the '92 Clinton campaign. No, we talked about it before, though. Yeah, those two clowns feature prominently. I don't believe that. Ha ha. Hey, 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 you're going to come down there and the squirrel's going to get a nut and you're going to sit on a nut and you're going to get a big old uh, chicken uh, egg coming out of a rooster and uh, time about a crow flies and you just got to go, uh, go down there and get the honeysuckle, you know. Yeah. And we went from that to man, person, woman, camera, TV. Dude, you know what? Fuck off. That's hard to memorize that stuff. Is you it? couldn't what memorize did I just six. Say? I have no idea. Man, person, woman, camera, TV. It's only no. five. It's not six. You've been so working you already for fucking... failed. Yeah, I would have failed. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember shit, dude. I got no memory. You're not good. I got no memory. I keep coming That's back why... to this podcast. I forget every time we stop talking that I hate you until we yeah. start talking again. That's why every time you used to go on stage to do comedy, it was a fresh new hour. Because rip, you don't... dude. Just rip right off I the... What's... Fucking Mort Saul. Open up the newspaper. What's going on? Every... Jimmy Carter. He's out of control. Every set's a fresh hour, baby. I love it. And I'm only supposed to do 15 minutes, but... Yeah, it's fucking horrible. The people want more. It's like, can he just not see the light, or is he ignoring us on purpose? Both, oh, this sometimes. Is definitely on purpose. Uh, I've, uh... Yeah, you know what? Some, uh, you gotta, you can't depend on the people for the light. Here's some comedy tips. I What's know people... That? People tune in for the old Sean Sullivan Comedy School. They do. You, What's the you, longest you ever ran a light? Ever ran a light? Yeah, yeah. Oh. No, I don't think long. I got one time I got Nick DiPaolo yelled at me. Um, because. For not pulling your boot, bootstraps up enough? Yeah, he was just, he, he's, you're looking for too many handouts. <laughs> um, Because uh, I did 27 instead of 20. But he couldn't get mad at me because I was, uh, he thought I was friends with, um. Uh, disgraced comedian Louis C.K., which of course yeah. I am. And was uh, that was that at the that show? You didn't run seven minutes past your time on the C.K. show. No, oh, I did fucking forty-five on that show. <laughs> what am What am I ever going to get to do the Wang again? This is my time. Thirty-five hundred people at the Wang Theater. This is never going to happen again. I got to get this shit in. I got and things then, to say. Yeah, and then comedy just ended. And comedy just ended. Louis C.K. released the coronavirus to stop my uh, reign of terror. Yeah, no, I think he just did that to take away from his reign of terror. You think the heat? Take the heat off? Yeah. I uh, I think, I, I can think, the longest I've ever done, I've done, I think I did like, dude, I did a Bob Mello Rest in Peace show in yeah. Somerset. It was me and Chrissy Kelleher. And so we did, it was on St. Oh, Patrick's Day. Oh, you might know Day. her as Chrissy Judge, I believe. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Fucking dead name. You're in her. trouble I... now, sucker. So we, uh, it was St. Patrick's Day. So I had like, I had, I think I did three shows that day for Mel. I did, and it was just hopping around on the South Shores in Lakeville. And then I had to head down to Somerset to Middle. And this guy named Tom Gilmore, very nice guy, very funny. He was supposed to close in Somerset. And I was in the Middle. And we get down there, and Tom never showed up. So he's not there when I go on stage. So I say to Chrissy, I go, Chrissy, let me know. Give me the light at this time. And when this guy shows up, just give me a wave, and I will wrap up. I'll do like three minutes, give him time to take his coat off and stuff, and he get up on stage. 
He never showed up. And then <laughs> Chrissy's like, we had to take a break. I had to like talk to her and go like, hey, is he not coming? Was anybody talked to Bob? And they were like, yeah, Bob's sending uh, uh, James Dorsey down because he was on the other show with me. And he's yeah. just going to go on after. So you just kind of just riff. But they had just built this huge bridge. So everybody's GPS, this big bridge down in uh, Fall River. So all the GPSs yeah. were wrong. So that's why Tom Gilmore never made it because the GPS hadn't updated yet. And Dorsey got lost. So I did like an hour and 15. I think I had like 25 minutes that was good. Uh, yeah. And they were just, I was just like, at a certain point, I was like, guys, I literally can't do this anymore. I don't know. I have nothing else to say to you. And they were all like, this was great. Thank you so much. You're wonderful. You reinvented comedy right before our eyes. We don't need any more comedy. And then Dorsey showed up and then uh, they loved him too. They were just happy. The St. Patrick's yeah. Day, they're drunk. Yeah, well, that's, you got to catch them see. at the right part of that drunk though. Oh, yeah, early in the evening. Oh, Jesus, man. That third show you did that night must must have been rough. Which what Was that the second show? I think... I don't know if I made it to the third show. I think ah, the third show... The fucking bridge, right? No, the third show was the Sean Carter thing, I yeah. think, in Rockland. And I don't think I made it. I think oh, I was, was like... that uh, was that at the Mexican, the Mexican place? I think so. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Well, I forget the name of that. Like three, three amigos, maybe. He, I never actually ever did it. Yeah. Just reminiscing over here. Was it with Barry bum, Tattle? Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, it was with Barry Tattle. Yeah. I think that was it. Sean, if you're listening, which I know you're probably not because you're in Tennessee and you guys don't actually have Wi-Fi yet. Yeah, they don't, no podcast. It's been illegal down there. Yeah. Uh so that the uh, longest, but that's not running past the light, though. You're doing comedy to do to try to fill time. Yeah, I was trying to save the day. I was trying yeah. to Superman what's that the, shit. What's what's the longest that you've where I've just been disrespectfully where you either did not see the light. I mean, obviously, if it's the fucking longest, I would assume you just had my lot. I think the longest I ever did that on a show was the first time I ever did it when I on my 30th birthday. At the vault, and you, yeah. it was five minutes, and I did like ten. I dude, I had no concept of what a light like. I had no idea. Uh, and then I didn't do it for ten more years. So it's and then, um yeah, and then it depends on where you. It depends on the way it's set up. You know, I I did so I did that weekend at Laugh Boston with Nick DiPaolo, and they go he goes he goes twenty minutes, and I go no problem. And I go to the kid, I go, can you give me the light at 18? And I'm pretty good about it. I can see the light, and I hit the fucking thing, and I wrap it up. But yeah. uh, I don't know, dude, if I was just feeling cocky from the night before with the fucking doing the wang and stuff. But oh, I'm sure And the kid that was running the sound, he just messed up, and he just he never lit me. So I got off stage. He goes, you did 27 minutes. He goes, I can't get mad because it was very good, but I only need you to do 20. And I go, no problem. No, no, I apologize. I'm sorry. And then the next night, I was like 19.30 on the dot. Yeah, I'm not. I'm pretty good about. I'm pretty good about. I usually set my You're phone professional up. Professional, I'm a all of this. flipping professional here. You're the goddamn song and dance man. I know. I'm a you goddamn are, song and fucking dance man. I've seen you do your bits. I've seen you do your skits on the stages. I had a. I had a mini breakdown the other night at bedtime, Billy. Yeah. We were. Uh, we. Uh, our bedtime routine is uh, very elaborate, and it's it's uh, involves songs and stories, and it's just. And it's been nice in quarantine. We have this nice long thing, and then we, we do, you know, we all hang out in one room. We go to the other room, whatever. Yeah. 
My my daughter had these dolls and she was getting her hair brushed and she hates getting her hair brushed. So she goes so I started to like play with the dolls. Yeah. She's got these American girl doll things. And so I started having the dolls do stand up comedy and then for twenty five minutes I just had them I just Harry was sitting on the floor and I had the doll go, uh Oh, hey, what kind of sh- Oh, nice shirt, idiot. Where'd you get that? The jerk store? <laughs> and he was gonna throw up. He I was like, nice pants. <laughs> Do they, do they come with a, a can of soup? Like, just stuff that doesn't make <laughs> yeah, any sense. And they like were just... Mupp- like Muppet movie jokes. Screaming. They thought it was so funny. And I was yeah, like... Did it bring the urge back to you? Like, oh, I got to get a room full of people, not... Well, I kept... My wife was brushing her hair, so I kept throwing in stuff like... All right, okay, yeah, all right. What else is going on? Okay. <laughs> work in the room <laughs> just doing <laughs> the shit garbage like hack crutch transition oh, stuff of ah so uh, yeah dude i'll tell you man it's tough it's tough out there it's tough you guys drinking tonight <laughs> right <laughs> Ugh. i do uh i am starting to miss it man i'm, I'm hoping that uh i mean i can't imagine like i'm starting to a little dude i can't imagine that you're not going out of your mind because you like i you know, like I said, I'm a fucking barely. Yeah, you're a jerk off and I'm a hero. Well, I'm just a fucking dude. If I started younger, I probably would. But I just I don't you, you would have fucking lapped me. You're a funny man, Billy. Dude, I don't like hanging out at bars. I just fucking like the whole thing of getting myself to drive into Boston to do five minutes on a bar show. I'm just. Meh. Yeah, that's been <laughs> that's 17 like now, years of my fucking life. Yeah. Yeah. But now, like, I'm fucking literally I can. I'm driving Nicole crazy because I'm like, listen, Nicole, normally other I'd be saying this shit to other people so you wouldn't have to listen to every fucking thing that pops in my yeah. head. But I like just walk into the room, dude, and I'm fucking monologuing just stupid shit. Just I've gotten to I'm the point. Sitting in the basement watching movies just like, fuck, dude. Yeah, I'm at the point where it's like every night I do the I do the what am I going to watch thing. Yeah. And it's been this week has been especially bad where it's just like. Dude, did I watch everything? I think it I feels finished. Like it sometimes, dude. Were you just like, I don't want to watch. I, this I'm is all. Stop that Mandalorian. Uh, I keep hearing the Mandalorian's great. So. Oh yeah, it's fun. I watched the first uh, first uh, season and I liked it. Yeah, Nicole's. That been Pedro doing... Pascal, he's fun. Yeah, he's great, dude. Uh, Nicole's been watching that Great British Bacon show. Yeah, dude, that's and I've been that's, watching uh, that Man Down, that Greg Davis show on uh, Netflix, which is fun. Yeah, I watched the. I watched. I got like twenty five into the uh, twenty minutes into the first episode. Yeah, I couldn't quite figure out what it was. Yeah, he's like, it's he's a fucking like drama teacher. Like lo- he's a loser. Like, yeah, he's the complete opposite of like the taskmaster, the in charge guy, the fucking. You know, it's it's pretty funny, but Roy Roy I can't say the name Roy. Oh, Roisin Connery. Roisin, yeah, from the first season of Taskmasters on it, and uh, Rick Mayall, who was in the the Young Ones, right, played his father, but just in the first season he passed away. Yeah, because he passed away. Yeah, and then like this lady comes in and starts plays uh, Aunt Auntie Netta. It's pretty funny. It's uh, um, I just couldn't get Taskmaster dude itself is just. I started watching, I, uh, watch. I watched the first episode of Cuckoo, which is a Netflix thing with Greg Davies. Uh, show? Yeah, I, I think I tend to have it's It's Greg Davies and Andy Samberg. All right. 
And Greg Davies is uh, he's a father whose daughter goes like takes a gap year between high yeah. school and college, and she goes in like backpacks. And she while she's out in like Thailand, she gets married to Andy Samberg, who's like this hippie guru, like just lost like loser. Yeah. Um, and she brings him home, and it's basically like the first episode at the very least was Greg Davies trying to get rid of this guy. Yeah. And then it backfiring and failing and, and uh, it, it looked pretty good, but it's got a weird, like Andy Samberg's only in the first season, but there's five seasons and then Taylor Lautner shows up. So I don't know if I'm going to stick with it. I did I that. Mean, Ted, I, I did Ted Lasso dude. Ted Lasso. You got to get Lasso I've, baby. Yeah. I keep hearing that. We had uh Nicole had Apple TV, but I think it might've just uh expired oh you gotta get it i'll have to check that out though i keep hearing ted lasso's really good it's dude i i think i my wife almost sold on it and she doesn't take any of my recommendations really i was like it's just about a nice guy who is nice coaches a cricket team or something no he's a he's a high he's like a college football coach yeah who goes who goes viral for this stupid locker room dance that he does which is basically just Sudeikis doing the "What's up with that" dance from Saturday Night Live, love which is love it. Fine, I... totally fine. I watch an hour of that. I have watched an hour of that, dude. And That's then probably one of my all-time favorite Saturday Night Live skits, dude. So then the owner of this uh, soccer team in England uh, is uh, married to like this big rich guy, and they have this like big ugly public divorce. So she hires Ted Lasso basically to destroy the team to come in and coach the european football team the soccer team and he doesn't know anything about soccer and she's like this would be great it's gonna ruin my ex-husband's life but then it just turns out ted lasso is just such a fucking warm positive guy that it just it's annoying for like 10 minutes where you're like fuck this i can't sit through this and then you're just like if anybody hurts ted lasso i will kill them (laughs) there's like genuinely enjoy jason sudeikis he's great he is uh he's a hot topic of conversation around the Sullivan household. My oh, yeah? uh my wife's niece is obsessed with uh Harry Styles from One Direction and also his solo career. Yeah. Uh, she just loves this fucking goofy kid. And which is fine. She's 20 and you're allowed to you're allowed hey, to to like those she's, people. She's not alone. At least two or three other people in the world feel the same way. Well, here's the deal. He's been out cavorting with Olivia Wilde, director of Booksmart, who is the mother of Jason Sudeikis' two children. Uh-oh. Because they're separated, and she's out, uh, you know, getting getting the one direction, if you know what I mean. Penis I mean, in, gonna... going into vagina. That's the direction, and it's going in one. Oh, well, it's probably coming out, too. It's going two directions, baby. If you just go in one direction, your penis will never come out of the vagina, and you will be, you, then you're conjoined. Yeah, I guess that's yeah, I guess that's true. You'd be, you'd crawl inside, and that's not really gonna work out. Hey, let me ask you something. Is that what, how sex works? In no clue, like no idea. No clue, Evan. No, too risky. I've read one book, and I uh, don't remember. We're in a worldwide global pandemic. You think I'm gonna take a risk on something like that? No, thanks, man. Oh, you Try- really, you're really falling for the pandemic, right? <sighs> the what? The pandemic is what you. We would say it. Yeah, I planned for the pandemic. I planned for this. I yeah, I got. Mask. I have hand sanitizer. I got thirty gal. I'm looking at thirty gallons of uh, filtrated water right now. My, yeah. My my entire life, I planned on being a responsible adult. Yeah. No, I knew that this was coming in 2017, and I started packing and digging. 
digging. What do you? Yeah, gonna, uh, you got to bury the water. Up. Oh, I bury the oh, water. Yeah. Hide it all around the yard like a squirrel hides nuts. Oh, I was hoping you made a man cave down in the basement. No, no, no. Just MREs, just very shallow leads. <laughs> Spoiled MREs. Yeah, I just take a beach, a, you buy a beach, a beach, uh, a beach pail shovel, and just dig a very small hole and just shove them in there. And it's nice. Some you're out in the yard playing kickball with the kids. You just get hungry. You reach down, get some uh, spoiled MREs. Yeah, just some freeze dried uh, potatoes, mashed potatoes. Dude, they sell them so cheap once they go past the uh, Best Buy date. Yeah, that's why they I almost mostly... give them away. Almost. I put most of my uh, most of my disaster prep has in uh, been in Twinkies. Remember when uh, they Twi- stopped Twinkies. those and everybody invested in buying up the rest of them, and then like two months later, some other factory started making them. That's true. They did do that, huh? Yeah, dude. People were paying outrageous amounts of money for like for fucking Twinkies, Twinkies. And fucking ho hos, because America is fucking dumb, dude. It's in some of my country. in some of my. Uh, uh, we're we're on a little stand up stand up kick. So here's a secret thing about me and stand up is that uh, is that uh, I'm a I'm a, I'm a I got a, I got an eating issue, Billy. I don't know if you know this. You I don't know if you know this about you the... have to eat at least once a day or you'll die. Uh, dude, I'm doing it three times a day. See, that's where you morning, noon, wrong. and night. What? Like yeah. In increments. No, I would uh, when I'd have these long drives, I would stop and uh, I'd get a little snickety snack. Yeah. Uh, it's because uh, I go, this show is either going to go one of two ways. Now, hear me out. It's going to go great, in which case I'm going to reward myself with some Hostess products. <laughs> or this show is going to go bad, and I need to punish myself by eating Hostess products. It's not. Or console yourself. Yeah, it's just like, oh, jeez, oh, Pete's. I really feel like Good. I have no worth. I better eat all these Twinkies. So, But uh, every now and then, a Twinkie popped into the rotation. And uh, not good. Not a good snack. See, another good thing about, like, doing just, like, the lightweight comedy like me yeah. is I don't very rarely do I have to make, like, a four-hour ride <laughs> back from a bad show. Like, yeah. a half hour, I'm usually home. Dealing with I, it. You know, I love uh, the nights when I drive out to Worcester, have a, have a fucking rough night, and then Saturday, think about it, stew on it all day. And then drive back to the exact same venue to try and do slightly better. Dude, that's how fucking CBS scene, dude. That that's drive the home. Oh, Jesus. That drive. No, was it the first first night or the second night that I came up to see you at uh, Laugh Boston? It was the uh, first let's, one, let's, right? Let's fill in the people. I'm a big, I've been a big proponent of Billy McMorrow for years. I, I uh, used to host a roast battle show at Laugh Boston, and I got Bill in the mix. And uh, the owner, uh, the booker of Laugh Boston, t- started taking a liking to Billy because he's a nice guy. You're a nice guy, wow, Bill. Dude, it literally hurts my stomach thinking about this. <laughs> and so I was, I was at Laugh Boston. I, was I work? Uh, uh, who, I think I went Laugh to go. Boston. I went to go watch Nate Bargatze. I think. I don't think I, I was. Even, I or maybe I was no, working with no. Fitzsimmons. Fitzsimmons. Yeah. Yeah. So I was working with Greg Fitzsimmons that weekend. I go to Laugh Boston. The very I, funny Greg Fitzsimmons. Excellent. One of the best comedians I ever mm-hmm. fucking worked with. So good. He was, dude, he killed that night. It was fucking awesome. Uh, was one one bright spot of that <laughs> night is that I I don't even think I saw you. I think you were already done by the time I got up there. No, so, I, yeah, no, I but do my set. I was, I've been watching him. I go out to the bar, and I'm sitting there. I'm talking to uh, our friend Ryan Cott. And I go, he's he had just come from Foxborough, and he goes, he goes, hey, man, I got to ask you. I go, what, what's up with, what's up with Bill? 
I go, uh, what do you, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, I just had him at the CBS scene. He, he does the roast battles here. He's the funniest guy on the show. And I go, oh, no, Ryan. No, 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 it no, Ryan. Oh, you can't put him in that room. You gotta, were you, was, was Chris Tab hosting? Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. You're dead. You're dude, dead. I was. I went on. He did like 15 minutes of crowd work. Killer. In front of me. Killer crowd killer, work. Dude, I want to be clear. Dude. He's very talented. Killer, dude. He's incredible, dude. He he's so good live, dude. They he love fucking, Chris. The Tapp room down was there. fucking rocking, and I was opening for fucking Christine Hurley. Yep. And they're all and Christine. Dude, they all love. I she's got on, a following. Dude, I went on stage, and it was the most miserable, like. Literally, my stomach hurts even to fucking thinking about it, dude. There was a Christmas party in the like the fucking front fifty fucking people. They like, just, I mean, you know the building. Not to make excuses, right? But the yeah, it's thing. it's a hard show anyway. But and just dude, like, oh, it oh, was that bad. ruled. It was dude. It was so bad because I was then, just I was just worse. finished talking into Ryan, and I was just like, oh, I mean. You know, he's still pretty new at the stand-up. That's a tough spot. Tab's really, really strong. You know, it's a, it's a hard follow. It's a hard room. And then he goes, he goes, ah, geez, it was, it was bad. I, he felt bad. And then, and then five minutes later, you came in up behind us, and I was just like, oh. No matter how bad he felt, I felt a lot worse, dude. Oh, he could see it on your face. He felt. Uh, dude, it was, it was like literally the most demoralizing comedy experience I've ever had in my fucking life, dude. Yeah. And then I had, that was Friday, and I had two shows on Saturday. <laughs> and, dude, I just, they cut me down. Like, I did 15, I was supposed to do 15, I think yeah. I did, like, fucking 12, and then the next two nights, they had me do seven, and it was... Yeah, I mean, you get, you make adjustments and it stuff. It took me to the third show to figure out where the back door was to get out of there, too. Yeah. Like, Christine tried to pull me out at after the show to for the meet and greet, and I was like, you are out of your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's great. She was like, oh, honey, it's, you know. Yeah. No, you couldn't, oh, have, you couldn't, you couldn't have eaten your dick in, in better company. Dude. Like, I literally, I have all three, I mean, I always record my sets just to, you know work through what worked and whatnot i've never listened to that dude no. i had a plan to listen to it on the beach in mexico a couple of years ago <laughs> oh, and then COVID like when i was that. All, no i was in mexico and i just couldn't get myself to fucking do it dude. yeah why would you ruin your vacation oh man it really it it's like you know my the, by far the worst fucking comedy experience i've ever fucking had yeah i think i need i need about a month and i think i can get back to uh and then I'd literally being about fifty percent. Then I just literally never bothered to try to get another spot. I was like, "Fucking dude, I just you know." But on the bright spot, they can't cancel a podcast. No, they should, but they can't. Oh, they can. They have. They, they won't. They won't cancel the podcast. We keep trying. They won't. But yeah, so I mean, that was so. It takes me like an hour. 20 to get to Foxborough from my house. So How? that's like the driving? No, what what's it to Foxborough? An from hour? Whitman? From Whitman? I'd say tops 40, 40 minutes. Yeah. 45. All right, so it takes me 45 minutes to get there. That's probably the longest sad ride that I've had. That's absolutely the saddest comedy ride. Oh, dude, I drove I drove 8 hours. Well, that's I... my point. I I don't I've never like 
gone fucking deep in a main to do a show for fucking when i did when i did uh <laughs> after i did live at gotham on comedy central no big deal oh television's live at gotham yeah not a big deal i was on with rob riggle and kyle canane not a you know nothing major but Dude, kyle I, canane, uh, one of my favorite one of my all-time favorites this is the best so the best great. dude uh so I, I i i got a college agent i got this Pretty Poly Productions in uh, in Cambridge it sucked. They were awful, horrible. But they got me this NACA thing where you go to these conferences where you perform yeah, for all the these college. colleges, and then they book you to do their colleges. And if you do it well, like our friend Coy Rodriguez, you can clean up. You can make your nut for the year just doing a run of you know twenty five schools. Yeah, you, know, you can make a hundred grand. Um, but you got to go and you got to go do this thing in front of all these dorks. Because it's all the the planning kids at colleges are nerds because they're just trying yeah. to find activities for kids to do while they're not drinking, and it's, it's all like kids. America's Got Talent for higher education, right? And it's yeah. So you do these shows where it's like there's a poet, there's a contortionist, there's a magician, there's a band, there's a slam poet. Ju- Ooh, I juggle. Yeah, no, no joke. And then there's a comedian. Yeah. So I go up, I drive to um, East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, eight hours by myself. I go do the show. So we go to the booth. They have this big marketplace in one of the gymnasiums, and you stand in your booth, and you meet the kids. You pass out your promo shit. What year was this? 2010. So you were, what, 10 years in? Yeah, I was like 27. Yeah. I was like uh, eight years in. All right. So you go and you do this big you know, convention floor shit, and Ira Proctor had been there the day before because he was with um, my the same people as I was. We were on the same uh, – we had the same – rep and he had done his show the day before and i was there that day they closed the marketplace so the way it works is you do your show and then you go back to your booth and you meet all the kids and that's how you network and all this shit so i've driven eight hours i've checked into a shitty motel i go to the the booth and then at the end of the thing they go all right everybody close down the marketplace you gotta have your booths out of here in a half an hour so i'm like well we didn't even do the show how are we supposed to meet all these kids and my guy's like Oh man, this sucks. This is this. They never do this. This is bad. And he's trying to figure out, find out what's happening and stuff. And then, so we go do the show. The show's, eh, it's fine. But then they have this thing called a block booking meeting where all the, like the, the kids. Like the show is in the same place. You the didn't... show's in a theater on the campus. All it's right. a big auditorium. So it's all these. All, this is all happening on campus. Yeah, yeah. There's like a couple of buildings. So then afterwards, they set up a, a bunch of folding tables for us in a hallway that the kids are going to come meet us at. So that they can give us their slips, like we would like to have you at our school. We'd like you to have you at this school, and then they hey, go. Could you sign this and say that I don't have to take French this semester, dude? I book. No one comes up to any of us, any of us on the show. Yeah, because they all have to go to this other block booking meeting where you go. Like we want, we want Sean on Tuesday the fifth, and then somebody will be like, "We'll take him on the fourth at our school, and then they can charge a hundred dollars less." Because now I'm I'm grouping the booking, so I'll make more money, a little less per show, but in total I'm I'm building out a in th- tour. In th- in theory. In theory, I book nothing. Big fat goose egg. My between closing the marketplace and the show, my agent goes, "Hey, I just want to let you know I'm leaving. Tomorrow's my last day. I'm not gonna be a part of this group anymore." And I was like, "Well, that's fucking not something you tell me now." Yeah. And he goes, and then afterwards, he doesn't stick around. He goes, he goes, hey, man, this this has been unusual. But the thing to do is go back to the hotel. Everybody's staying at the same hotel. 
go down to the bar, mingle with the kids. That's where a lot of this stuff happens. You know, we're not going to book anything tonight, but go down there, entertain Dude, them all. I go, this is your fucking job. This is why I signed with you guys for you to do this stuff. I go to the bar. Now, thank the fucking Lord that there was a gentleman there. He's a he's a magician. He's uh, been on America's Got Talent. Very talented. A kid named Eric Diddleman. He's, uh, he's a mentalist. He's super talented. Great guy. Uh, he's from Boston as well. And he had seen me at Sally O'Brien's. So he sees me at the bar and he comes over and he goes, hey, how are you? And we, I go, thank God you're here. I get they're selling it's like four dollars for double shots of jameson yeah and i just go oh shit well i got a hundred dollars and i just drank i got so drunk bill that i walk back up to my room i lose my room key and like 25 dollars just disappears out of my pocket. i don't know where that is think uh, luckily i have my license and i got my car keys but i i step off of luckily you had your khakis when you're that drunk Dude, I also I stepped off of a like a hallway had a step down that I missed, and I didn't know there was a step. And you know when yeah. like you just go like you're just like walking and you go like ah do 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 do, and then the ground's just not there anymore, and you fall into a heap in the middle of a hotel, yeah. and you twist your knee in so much pain. Well, that's what I did. I fucked up my knee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very similar to what you just described. Then I go. Do you sue these motherfuckers? No. Then I get. I get. I go. Oh, I lost my key. Then I hobble down to the lobby and I go. I can't get my. And they give me a key. I go to bed. I throw up everywhere. I sleep. I get up the next day and then I just drive eight hours straight home. Oh man. I've booked no work. I've made no money. <laughs> that sounds so much worse than my ride home from Foxborough. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, hey, it's all different. <laughs> All different stuff, you know. Still, though, I did not have fun at CBS. No, I had a, a, despite all that, I had a great time at East Stroudsburg University in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. East Stroudsburg. So it's like, was that a regional conference that they have, right? Yeah, it sucks. So they have one there, and then they have one in fucking Tuscaloosa. Them all over. I applied for so many of them, and and it cost me $200 every time. Two hundred to apply. To, to apply, yeah. Be accepted to go. I mean, it's a steep festival, right? Except you don't win anything. Maybe well, you I might. You could yeah, win. you you could win. You know, a lot of money if you play the game right, which I do not. So now I don't do anything. Well, dude, that's not you not playing the game right. That's you having shitty representation. Oh, like, I would argue the oh, worst. You know what you should do? Why don't you just go hang in the bar and ask people if they need a comedian? Oh, cool. Yeah. No, that sounds great, dude. I'll just go down to the bar and hit on co-eds, I guess. Dude, it's like it's like Murray from Flight of the Concords is representing you. Dude, I wish. You know what you, know what you should do, Sean? Why don't you go tell your little skits in the middle of the road? I don't think that that was New Zealand. I think that I was doing more of an Eastern European. Uh, it wasn't bad. I'll tell you one place I've uh, I've never performed is a place called Harvard University. You ever hear of this place? Yeah, the comedy studio used to be there. Well, that's not a not an official part of Harvard. I'm saying I've I've performed in Harvard Square. Come on, that is very close to high. It's right across the street, right? Oh yeah, you could see it from the stage if the windows are yeah. open. That's like performing at Harvard, dude. Uh, never did, never done, did nothing at Harvard. They do. They must have. Uh, they must do skits, right? I mean, they do Hasty Pudding. They've got their own theater thing. But... Yeah, they got the Harvard Lampoon. Those fucking losers. 
Just unless you're right? listening. Unless you're listening. Unless you're part of the the that. Uh, what would you call that? What is that like? The beehive, uh, the balcony uh, hive. Is that some kind of fraternal organization? Would you call that a fraternity? They haze each other. I don't think they do haze. I think they write hey, uh, bad comedy this. and they publish it. What's up? Let me ask you this: You think the people at the Harvard Lampoon have seen each other in their underpants? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew it. Dude. Almost. Oh, the group that uh, awards the entire group. They award every year. They award. Oh yeah, right. A male uh, performer. Uh, they still do that, and then make them dress and drag in a parade. I don't know if they still do that. I, I've always had a resentment towards Harvard, and it today's seems... feature film, a nineteen seventies love story, did nothing to quell that animosity. I honestly didn't think we were going to even start talking about the movie until the very end. Oh no, no, no! I have things to say. Me too. Let's get into this. Yeah. Bad boy, and an emphasis on bad. We watched from 1970. We watched Arthur Hiller's, not Arthur Miller, as I was led to believe. Love story. Mm, it's a timely story of rich boy meets less a baker's daughter. Yeah, dude. Less, less of a baker's daughter. I was gonna say less rich girl, but I guess she was working class, right? She was. She was middle. She was firmly middle. She was one of us. That's why I, you. Uh, my dad didn't own a bakery. Well, like we had to buy our own bread, Sean. We didn't have <laughs> unlimited grilled cheeses at my house. I, Bill, you're acting like as if when they go to visit her dad, they're like, there's no difference between. Oliver, uh, what what the hell's their fucking name? Bennett or Barnett? Cromwell. No, it's not Oliver Cromwell. You silly Billy. <laughs> you a silly boy. Uh, is it Bennett? Right? Is it Bennett? Is it Bennett? Yeah. Oh, Barrett. You're acting like Barrett. when they when they when he pulls up to the Barrett uh, palatial mansion behind the gates and the acres and acres of like pristine kept uh, lawn. Muting. <clears throat> You're acting like when they pull up to the the duplex that her father lives in in Cranston, Rhode Island. It's like they're equivalent. They're not, you know, it's not so different. You and I. No, this I'm is, just saying the Cavaliers are salt of the earth, good people. She's got her guard up, dude. You know why she's such a bitch to everybody? Because she's the poor kid at Harvard, and that's gotta fucking suck. Harvard sucks. Those people are assholes. Wait a minute. Does she go to the school? Yeah. She doesn't go to Harvard. She does. She goes to a different place. She goes no? to Radcliffe. 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 I had to do some research on this, too. Radcliffe, I believe, was the all-girls school at Harvard. Oh. So it's like... I think. It is... I think Harvard and Radcliffe... I think they were... So I, it was I think Harvard... I don't think Harvard was co-ed until the, the, the later in the 70s. I mean, that makes sense, right? And Radcliffe was like the female Harvard, and now Radcliffe is like a part of Harvard. Now that Harvard is fully co-ed. I think that's how it is. Harvard, Any uh, Harvard's uh Christian university, right? Is it Catholic? I don't think so. Is Harvard a religious? I feel like they have priests and whatnot walking around. Dude, every fucking school has priests. I don't think, I, don't, yeah. I think there's churches I mean, there. I saw Bright Eyes at a church at Harvard. But I don't believe it's I think it is. And maybe it is. And, and you know what? God bless him. But all no, schools are that way. God bless him. Stop talking to invisible men. All right. I don't want I don't want our leaders to fucking shirk responsibility. And, and I don't want our leaders coming from it. Harvard anymore. 
Yeah, I'm fucking fine with that. I'm just trying to weed out these religious people and stop them. You know, fucking before Ted Cruz went to Capitol, Harvard. Before they storm the Capitol and pray. Oh, dude, I love... Like ISIS. Like fucking ISIS, dude. Um, Yeah, we start... This movie, Love Story, we got to go into the background of this thing. This thing's a book people love. It gets turned into a movie. People love the story. So many, uh, so many people turned down the opportunity to direct this thing, and so many people passed on playing the lead role. So it really? goes. Uh, the original director was a guy named Larry Pierce, who I'm looking at it doesn't look like he really did too much. Then it goes to Anthony so Harvey. He does the Lion of well, Winter. How do you pass on it? Who's asking? The studio? Yeah, the rights get sold. Paramount Paramount Pictures buys the rights to the book. And then they get the screenplay um, written, and then they go around and they try to find directors, and people sign on, and then they drop off, and then they sign on, and they drop off. Eventually, it goes to Arthur Hiller. Arthur Hiller, he uh, directs... uh, He's not bad... uh, he, you know, he directs um, the Out of Towners, Plaza Suite, Silver Streak with uh, Richard uh, Pryor, The In Laws with uh, Peter Falk and Alan Arkin. Out of Town is Jack Lemon, right? Uh, yes. Yep. Uh, the In Laws with Alan Arkin and uh, Peter Falk. Um, so he's not like you know he's not a schlub, but this is like his big. This is the one that gets him his Oscar nomination and all that stuff. Uh, Bo Bridges. It was offered the part of uh, Oliver Michael York from uh, Austin Powers and John Voight. John Voight. And then they settle on Ryan O'Neill, who I think is I mean, I the best totally choice. See, uh, yeah, I could totally see John Voight in this role. I could uh, I could if, if Easy Rider hadn't already come out. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen Easy Rider. Neither have I, but he's already like... Drugstore cow, not drugstore cowboy, urban cowboy, midnight cowboy. This, what the fuck? Cow- what is cowboy is he? Midnight cowboy. Midnight. Who's urban cowboy? Is that Dustin urban Hoffman. Cow- urban cowboy is John Travolta. What the hell is? Uh, what's drugstore cowboy? Drugstore cowboy is Matt Dillon, I think. Yeah, too many fucking cowboys. Get more original names, you cow folk. Uh, Why don't you just stop wearing the silly fucking hat, dude? Problem solved. Uh, so not you, the cowboy. Oh yeah, I, I I knew you weren't talking to me. I'm not wearing a hat. Dude, those hats are just foolish. It's uh, uh, yeah. So we open up, man. Just a dude sitting on some bleachers, looking at a frozen pond. The little voiceover action about what do you say about a girl who died at 25? I mean, that's a strong opener. Strong like, oh, so opener. She, she obviously died, so we're going to get into this. Also, man, I, I, I was talking to somebody else about this movie. I don't think there's been a more New England film than Love Story. The story of just waiting around 90 minutes to watch two miserable people suffer tragedy. What, what could be more Boston than that? It's very colloquial. This thing... So we don't know who this guy is, but uh, it's a girl who loved Mozart and Beethoven and the Beatles and a me. And then we flash hey, back to uh Sean. Sean, what's she was up? Just seventeen, if you know what I mean. Well, she was just seventeen. 
I don't really know and what the, they mean. And the way she looked was way beyond compare. Cool, dude. She's 17. Quit it. I'm only 18, so it's not creepy. Woo! When I saw her standing there with value as a human being and a beautiful mind. <laughs> but I was 30 when I sang this song. Yeah, and continued to sing it till this day. <laughs> yeah. He's fucking seven. Yeah, fuck. He's fucking. He's 82 years old. He's still singing that song. <laughs> Ooh! Ooh, John! <laughs> oh, John! You we miss him. Okay? We miss him. Beep beep. I'm going to play Drive My Car. I'm Paul McCartney. Oh, John, she's only a Maybe you away can drive my 18. car. Guess I'm going to be a star. I'm Paul McCartney. I can't sing anymore, so I just have to kind of shout like this. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. yeah. Remember I was married to the woman with one leg? Dude, this Everyone is... Everyone hated her. I don't understand I... why. No, this is like... Taika Waititi is something you've moved on to. That's you think not... I... <laughs> your your accent just changed, there. dude? I think I think my Jojo Rabbit. I think I'm gonna make a Paul. I'm gonna be the ghost of Paul McCartney in a whimsical story. Oh, Jojo! It's Paul McCartney. Jojo, you shouldn't be in the Hitler Youth. Uh, well, how much is it if I buy two of them? <laughs> Paul McCartney. What? Dude, I just watched. I just watched Hard Day's Night uh, last week. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, I tried. Uh, it's so silly. Recently, I couldn't get past the grandfather jokes at the very beginning. Dude, I love the grandfather jokes. Is it your grandfather? Uh, yeah, everybody's entitled to two. <laughs> I mean, it's weird that that Paul's grandfather is like the central plot of that movie. That's a fun one. It's a oh, fun does it one. Keep going. Yeah, the whole time going? it never ends. <laughs> I mean, it ended for me, but... At some point, his, his grandfather's playing fucking Baccarat like James Bond. It's fucking weird. Love Have story. Seen, uh, Have you seen the trailer for Peter Jackson's Beatle uh, documentary coming out? I did, and good. I, you know, uh, I probably won't watch it. I don't... Dude, I'm kind of getting fucking... I, I like the Beatles. I love the Beatles. Yeah. But enough's enough. Yeah, Ron Howard did it's... a documentary that came out last year, eight days a week. It's about their touring years. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, this looks interesting," but I have no interest in watching any of this shit I already know all about. Yeah, but that's the kind of thing like, if it pops up on Netflix or something, I'll I'll absolutely watch it. Well, you're better you know, than like me, I then. I guess you're just a better like, person than me, Bill. Like the Peter, like the Peter. All right, the Peter Jackson one. Uh, I think they said it got like close to fifty hours of. Like never before seen. That's nah, too long. Footage and shit. Too much footage. No, I don't think I don't think they're gonna use the entire. thing. Yeah, I can't. I don't have time. I, hey, I just to... I just sat through those Lord of the Rings extended editions, Peter Jackson. I don't got time for your fifty-hour Beatle documentary. Like, Holy shit! Forty-eight hours left in this. Oh, thing. Fuck, dude. This is gonna take me forever. Oh, John, why don't you play it in E minor? Oh, oh, <laughs> hey, no. Could I get a little what more? Do... Could I get a little more travel in my cans? In me cans. Try it in B flat, John. Ringo, go get us sandwiches. What kind of sandwiches do you want? You know what I like, Ringo. Oh, tuna in it. You get the same things every friggin' day. <laughs> friggin', that's not what they say. Yeah. I'm okay. really chuffed. I'm really chuffed about this pastrami. Dude, this is a fucking wicked good. This is. Mm, yeah, so get you a fucking wicked pizza pastrami. Oh. That is a good Beatle accent. You think I do Weymouth Ringo? 
Uh. I'll go get it. I'll go pick up your pizza from the Venetian. Did you guys see another truck got stuck under the bridges on Storo Drive? <laughs> <laughs> they put those height clearances, but no one ever listens. Blimey. Blimey. <laughs> do you, Love story. Do you guys have any interest in going to the Muga Omni Theater at the Boston Museum Ooh. of Science? Afterwards, we could hop on a duck boat, learn about the local history. John plays the guitar. I lost it. John plays the guitar. It's got six strings. I'll play the bass guitar. It's got four strings. Four strings. Two less strings. But my four strings are longer. Go figure. (laughs) It all averages out in the end, don't it? Don't it? In it? Man, we're really going to bring the UK crowd in. Because she was just 17. Yeah, once again, too young, guy. We all live in a yellow submarine. Love story. Ryan O'Neill plays Oliver Barnett. Barrett? Fuck. (laughs) Alexander Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton. I am the A-L-E-X-A-N. This fucking kid is rich as fuck. So rich. And he plays hockey. And he meets... He, dude, I don't remember how they met. He meets this girl, it's Jenny. In a coffee shop or a library, a bookstore. She's a bitch, dude. You know She's what it horrible. reminded me of? It reminded me clearly. I think Aaron Sorkin must have. He obviously he must have seen this movie and that those scenes at the beginning of the Social Network with uh, Rooney Mara. Yeah, he must have based some of that stuff off of the dynamic and love story because that's oh, the same sure. kind of thing yeah. where it's just fucking. She goes to BU and. You know, it's just it, this sucks. I just she's she's yeah, but Rudy Mara is so much better in Social Network. Though. Yeah, of course, a better movie. <laughs> it's not, it's not, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I well, is it because yes, well, it, the yeah, Social Network I mean, is a better movie than Love Story. You fool. Oh no, I agree that it is, but I'm saying that this like this was nominated for Best Picture, dude. The '70s were dumb as shit, dude. Everybody was worried about Vietnam and gas prices. We don't worry about wars and gas prices anymore. No. Because we can't go out and drive. No, it's this thing is they meet and they instantly she's a librarian at the Radcliffe Library and he wants to study there and she won't let him. And then somehow they fall in love despite never showing any chemistry or affection towards each other. She doesn't seem to understand any of the things he likes. He doesn't give a shit about her. And then it's just it's just this fucking Romeo and Juliet. But they, like, fall in love so quick, dude. So, dude, I will give this movie. This movie fucking flies. It's a quick watch. 90 minutes. Yeah, it's only 90 minutes, right? Yeah. And it didn't feel long. It just felt bad. Yeah. It felt uh, unnecessary. I like, just it felt like. If you're going to tell a love story, you could have found a better one. You could find two people that, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't. She comes to his hockey games and she's like, why are you in the penalty box? He's like, because it fucking saw he, She just he barks at her and it's just like she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go. I have no interest in being a part of your life. Bye. But then uh, I don't know if she's attracted to his wealth or he's attracted to her fucking not wealth like i can't get a read on why these two people are together it doesn't make a lick of sense to me yeah i don't but i like i don't feel like they actually have any chemistry it's very strange 
So, yeah, I mean, this it's not a not a ton of plot. Uh, this kid, Oliver, he resents the fact that he's like fucking the top 1% richest pieces of shit. Yeah. He hates it. I feel bad. Yeah, him. it's tough, dude. It's tough when your dad wants, he's going to pull some strings to get you into Harvard Law. Yeah, I want to do it on my own. Well, then stop being a fucking idiot. Stop getting hit in the head with a fucking hockey puck. It's making you dumb. Yeah. Uh, he wants to go to a grad school that's got a hockey program. His dad's like, you're not going to be a hockey player. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he drives uh I mean, this is when this is when this movie really uh, when I was like, oh, fuck this thing. So they're going to go visit his parents out in the country or whatever. So they hop in his like fucking. Yeah. Rolls Royce, wasn't it? Yeah. Is that what it is? A convertible. It's I like a two seater, a two seater. No top. It's got those skinny wobbly wheels from like yeah. a fucking the 1920s Keystone cops. And he's going to f- bomb down Storo Drive in this stupid roadster to go visit his parents out in the country with his girlfriend. And he's like, I don't they in Connecticut or something. Does it ever say? Where I don't think it's that. I assumed it was like Andover or something like that. Yeah. Belmont. Um, He uh, he doesn't like the way they're treating her. Did I did? I don't didn't seem to be treating her too poorly. I don't I don't know. They were just asking questions. I don't know. He's got this resentment. I I also I don't know why yeah. he hates his parents. Yeah, Doesn't but, make sense to me. Well, well, it, I mean, I get it with the like the father. He's barely. I mean, he calls his father sir, and like it's a very cold. There's no. It doesn't appear to be any love loss there. Yeah, but he, I mean, the dad comes and sees his game at Cornell, which is up in fucking Ithaca, New York. Yeah. So. I mean, the guy's making efforts, and this kid's just like, fuck you, I hate yeah, you, Dad. Yeah, I think he's just, he's just a fucking stodgy old guy from a fucking different generation. Yeah. If he was alive right now, he'd vote for Trump, and so would Ryan O'Neill. And... Yo, I mean, Ryan O'Neill is still alive, so he probably... <laughs> ah, technically. Uh, yeah, so Allie McGraw, you hate, you hated her in this. Or you hated her I, character. Yeah, I don't want to say I hated her. I thought I thought it was uh I hated the character, definitely. Like the dude, the opening, I thought she was just so like aggressively rude. Yeah, but I think And hey, I hate preppies too, bro. Yeah. You know, you fucking pop your collar around me, you got a fucking alligator on your shirt. Don't think I won't give you guff about it. Yeah, dude. dude. I'm on I'm team McGraw on this thing in this relationship. I took her side in every fucking dispute. Yeah, I mean Ryan O'Neill's not the good guy. No. But But the just the way it came off at the beginning, uh, with her just a I thought she was very aggressively rude. Yeah, but dude, if you go to a college, like right, so if you say you're poor and you work your ass off and you get scholarships to go to the top I'm poor and I work my ass off and I get scholarships to go to the top. To go to the top university that you can go to. And she's just being inundated. She probably gets hit on by fifty dudes with silver spoons shoved right up their fucking asses all day. Ever since she started, she's probably just been fucking sexually harassed every second of every day. Yeah, probably like every woman that So she so puts alive. up the guard. I understand why she's shitty to Ryan O'Neill. I would be yeah. shitty to him no, too. I... All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, when you frame it like that, I'm the asshole. Yeah, that's all I'm just trying to get at. <laughs> uh, no, but I think, uh, like, I really don't. I don't feel any chemistry between them. No, dude. There's uh 
they uh they eventually like I think if you pulled Ali McGraw out of there and like drew Farrah Fawcett in, although seventy is probably too And Farrah Fawcett's too glamorous for this story. No, but this would have been Farrah Fawcett before she was a I mean she was probably Yeah, dude, she was born a supermodel. She's never Farrah Fawcett's not the answer. But I I just think this movie is just the characters are written miserably. Nobody's gonna be able to do anything to this. So these two these two idiots get married on campus. They go to visit her poor dad, and he's the only guy in this movie that fucking is nice that I liked. Dude, my favorite scene in the whole movie, Bill, is when he goes to uh, he gets accepted to Harvard Law for the grad school. Yeah, and then he goes uh, he has the big fight with his dad. And then he goes to the admissions guy or whoever the dean and goes, hey, I need a scholarship. And the dean just yeah. laughs in his face like, yeah. it's <laughs> like, dude, you're rich. No, dude, you're rich. He's like, can't you, why don't you just get a job with your dad and he'll pay for it. It's just like, it's so laughable. The fucking, this movie is such a fucking example of fucking privilege on every level. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it just, I just left a bad taste in my mouth. I including, couldn't. Including, dude, including when she... I mean, are we running through this? Which is we're like, we're not yeah, hold. Let's we'll get to the hospital right. billing scene later. All right, yeah, all right. Um, so they uh they get married. Uh, they move into a shitty uh apartment in Cambridge. He starts selling Christmas trees. Yeah, ridiculous, dude. That Christmas tree lot sells nothing but the worst Christmas trees, by the way. Dude, the absolute worst. And the lady's like, oh, carry this one to my car and then bring it back and get the other one. So just to show how shitty it is. Ugly trees. Uh, Tips them in a coin. I want to say this. I want to say the one thing I do like about this movie is I thought the music, I thought the theme song fucking rules. And the way that they implement it throughout the movie fucking rips. So the scene yeah. where they have the fight about he gets the invitation to his dad's 60th birthday and she, he has her call to RSVP and she says yeah. no. But then she goes, he goes, uh, Oliver loves you in his own way. And then he blows up at her and she runs out as he's like yeah. searching Cambridge and all around campus. There's the this variation on the theme that's been played the whole time that just fucking rips. It's so good. Yeah, it just yeah. happens to be Dude, the, one the background where... for this shitty movie. When he goes into the conservatory or wherever they're practicing and he opens like literally every door going down a hallway. Yeah. There's like 15 fucking doors. Is that, and, it, keeps and meanwhile, never apologizing to anybody that's inside. Never. Them. It's just nothing but fucking. We're, rec- we're recording. It's fucking wild. So then, he, but this is when. It's this scene when he finds her and she does the line. Yeah, right? so he comes home. She's sitting on the stoop. And Billy, give me your best. You give me your best and I'll give you my best. The best how I would give this line? Yes, or, or just your, the like, way she gives it. The I, way she gives it. She gives it horrible. It's insane. He he love sees her. Never, she's sitting outside. She's sobbing, sitting on the steps. and Like freezing. She forgot her key. Yeah. And he goes, I'm sorry. I forgot my key. Love means never having to say you're sorry. <laughs> love, love, means, <laughs> love means never having to say you're sorry. Yeah. It's, it's just really fucking bad. blow your nose, idiot, before the take. Like, it's bad, dude. It's told, so corny. Now, I've heard I've heard that line. Like, it's uh, one of those, like, you know. Yeah, hundred lines, hundred years, hundred yeah. hundred movie lines. 
I didn't know what it was from. And when she delivered it, I was like, I cannot believe how bad she just delivered that line. It's uh... it bad acting, dude. I don't know when the Razzies were invented, but I have to believe it was directly related to the way she said that. Dude, she line. gets nominated for an Academy Award. It's in, that's insane to me, dude. Who did she go up against that year? Uh, I can let you know that. What won that year? The Godfather? Was that 70? Uh, best Picture goes to Patton. Here's the Best Picture nominees. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Patton with George C. Scott. Airport, which uh, I've never seen. I would watch this. That is the... Uh, I think that's the one that... It's one of the inspirations for Airplane. Yeah, but it's in that whole disaster yes. type. Yes, yep. Five Easy Pieces with Jack Nicholson, which I've never seen, which I always wanted to. Is that, that's a Western? Uh, it's, he's on an oil rig. All right. Uh, Love Story and then uh, MASH with Elliot Gould and uh, and the other guy. Uh, she gets nominated for Best Actress. She loses to Glenda Jackson for Women in Love. The other nominees are Jane Alexander for The Great White Hope, uh, Sarah Miles for Ryan's Daughter, and Carrie Snodgrass for Dire of a Mad Housewife. I've literally never heard of any of these movies. I've heard of the second. What was the second one? Uh, Women in Love, The Great White Hope, Love Story, Ryan's Daughter, Diary of a Mad Housewife. Great White Hope was a boxing movie, I believe. Uh, but I could be that could be a different one. I don't know. That uh, yeah, none of them are really ringing bells. And then over on the actor side, because Ryan O'Neill picks up a nomination as well. He's up against George C. Scott for Patton, which there's no way he's going to... I mean, he could have won because George C. Scott, of course, famously, uh, as we all know from uh, didn't accept, 25 right? Days of a Christmas Carol, declined his award. Did uh, Have you seen Patton? Have we discussed that before? No, but uh, wink, wink, maybe we will in the future. Oh, yeah, right. We'll uh, talk about that later. Yeah, dude. Uh, Melvin Douglas. Melvin Douglas was just in something, and he was actually great. What was it? Uh, I believe you're thinking of Michael Douglas. No. Oh, being there. Being there. Oh, that isn't something recently. That's just something you watch recently. Yes, but Melvin uh, Melvin Douglas. Uh, is that Peter Sellers, right? It is. James Earl Jones is nominated for The Great White Hope, and uh, Jack Nicholson for Five Easy Pieces. Uh, they win for the money. The music wins. Love Story wins uh, the best uh, best original score, which I think is fine because I I like the score. Yeah, that's that's decent, especially since I don't know what the other ones were. No so. clue. Um, I'm not a movie score guy. I I, I have a hard time even noticing that sometimes. I like that Jaws one. <laughs> <laughs> you love it so much. You started. You just you just saying it like the fucking People's Court. <laughs> I love it. Bump <laughs> bump. <laughs> <laughs> I love that theme to Jaws. Good riff. Right. So he, dude, it ends up they reconcile. Oh, wonderful. He graduates. He gets a big law firm job in New York City. They move to New York. Everything's great. They're trying to have a baby. Now, this drove me crazy because. Uh, as uh, as dear listeners, you may or may not know, uh, I have a I have a whole hour long uh one man show called Inconceivable on YouTube about the difficulties of fertility and uh, the pains and the trials and tribulations that go along with it. 
Um, it's very enjoyable, Sean. I've watched. And it was a, and it was a, it was a. I have the utmost sympathy for anybody that's trying to get pregnant that has a hard time. It, it's, you would think it's the easiest thing in the world to do, but it's not sometimes. Yeah. And uh, this is a movie that they dip into this a little bit. They want to start having kids, and they're having trouble. So they each had to go to a doctor. And then he goes back to the doctor to find out whose yeah. fault it is. This is a bananas, dude. So, first, first of, of all, all, you should be going there with her. Right. This is news you both need to hear at the same time yeah. because it's a, it's not it's not whose fault is it? It's what how can we address this? Yeah. Um it's uh man. It's they go into the doctor's office and he's like, "Whose fault?" Is it me or is this the old lady? And he's like, hey, it's the old lady, but slow your roll, friend. She can't handle herself. I got worse news. Uh, she's dying and we can't tell her. Yeah, what, what fucking that, doctor dude? are you? Dude, what the husband is he? Why is he? He's like, all right. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I can I can sympathize a little. Obviously, you know, you have you have more experience. You know, obviously your wife uh has uh battled uh cancer in the past and, and... All right, all right, listen to right. you always look for a chance to bring up the twenty weeks of chemo chance. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh but it's Yeah, I mean it's 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 a st- now I don't know when HIPAA laws went into effect. But yeah. I gotta imagine that even before it, common courtesy would lead you to tell the person they with to, yeah, cancer. You gotta tell her. So it, it's not it's not just that it's not just that the doctor is telling Ryan O'Neill first. It's that the doctor is telling Ryan O'Neill first only. And, oh, only. Yeah. No. No. There's no second. Yeah. He's only telling Ryan O'Neill, and he's telling Ryan O'Neill to be like, "Hey, and just fucking be cool about it." You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, don't, you don't gotta be an asshole. Just like, but don't you don't you start like? I don't know if you want to get this one pregnant. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, huh? It's you know, hey, hey, nine months is a long time, but Dude, uh, it's it's literally an insane plot point. It's wild. The more that I think about it, so dude, then like he, when I watched it, so then he goes home. He gets the news from the doctor that news he should not. We should we all agree he should not have received by himself. Yeah. Um. You know what I mean? I she can get the news by herself. It's her news, and then she can tell him, or they can go together. Those are the only two acceptable scenarios. Agree. It should never be the husband finds out first, and then it's just yeah. like, yeah, but you know, don't blow the surprise. You know what I mean? Just keep this under wraps. He goes home. Her, bo- her body, my choice. He right? goes home, and I'm expecting like. He's gonna see her and he's gonna break down immediately. You know what I mean? That's where that's where the love story is. Cause he really yeah. loves her and he can't even imagine a world without her. And this is how she finds out that she's sick. And we're gonna have this big weepy thing that they've earned because he's behaving in the way a human being behaves. But he's like, nah, let's go fuck. Like he doesn't even cry in the doctor's office. No. Like he's just like like, dude, I think he's just like, oh, thank God. Reaction... I thought my dick didn't work. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I. I'm oh, it's not just leukemia. Class. Oh, my God. What a yeah. relief. Dude, literally, I think if I was in that position, my initial reaction would be to throw up in that office. Yeah, of course. Like I like he doesn't even. He's like, well, how can we keep it from her? And the doctor's like, well, <laughs> we're just insane. not going to tell her. 
It's this is 1970. We can't go around treating cancer on women. We have men who are dying. And now you brought your insurance card, right? <laughs> you can you can sneak her insurance card out of her pocketbook and bring it in, and we'll just charge that. Yeah. So this sh- they go home, they bang right away. He's just like he goes home, he goes, let's make love right now. And she's like, right now. He's like, right now. And she's like, okay. Which it's not how it works. Hey. Not how it works. Well, it was in the seventies. Oh, it was. It was yeah. Oh, this you damn women's come limb. Home straight from Vietnam. And then you get right to the banging. And then you go right back to Vietnam. Right back. It's like a weekend pass. Um, back when we had the Concord, so it only took like six hours to get back. It's, yeah, so then. Sh- what do you think? Hey, can I just ask you one quick question What's that? before we keep going? Of course you can. What do you, what do you think? We, should we have more Concords? Should we at least get one back? Yeah, why not? Let's get them damn. Why aren't we using those anymore? I don't know. All right. That was the question. Keep going. Uh, yeah. So I'm trying to remember what happens because. So they bang. Yeah. And then so then. And then she eventually finds out and does not make a big deal. Yeah. We don't see the scene where her. the doctor tells her. No. She's just like, oh, yeah. Doctor yeah called. Not... I know. She's like. um. There's a great clip that Ken Reed always. Uh, there's an episode of Mr. Belvedere where one of the one of Wesley's friends. Uh, like a little boy, he gets AIDS somehow through a blood transfusion or something like that. <laughs> that is a great episode, Sean. But but the way the kid comes in is that it's like a very special episode, so it's kind of got this dramatic thing, and it's like uh, yeah. the Wesley doesn't want to talk to the boy that has AIDS anymore because he's scared and he's naive. And then, but it's just like this little kid comes in, and Mister Belvedere is the one that saves the day, and he goes, uh, "Hello, how are you today, young master?" And he goes, "Oh, I'm fine. I got AIDS, but." It's just like so casual, and that's how she handles her cancer yeah. diagnosis. She's like, "Well, hey, it's cancer. What are you gonna yeah. do?" Yeah. So they go craft uh, macaroni and cheese for dinner tonight. Yeah. So they they start. You know, he he. Oh, that's you know what it is. He comes in with the fucking tickets to Paris because this. Oh yeah. She right? sacrificed. She, she was gonna go. She was gonna. She was gonna. Uh, after she graduated, she was gonna do a year in Paris, and then they got married instead because he's a fucking bitch and he ruined his, her life. Yeah. And she's like, gonna marry me. she's like, no, not like this. I found out that I'm dying and I understand why you want to take me on vacation. Uh, Which seems like a good time, ta- good way to go. Yeah, I mean, might as well. Yeah, if you're, you know, aware, you know, hey, do what you want to do, Ali McGraw, but you can go to Paris. Why not? You're never going to get there anyways. It's not like we got kids to take care of. So she, uh, they go, so they start living life, right? And that means... She has to sit on the bleachers of the fucking skating rink in Central Park while he skates around. Yeah, dude. And she just Why? she just sits in the cold and watches him. And then it's so God damn it, dude. I laughed so hard. Is this when she goes, Can we go? Can we go can um, we get a cab to the hospital? Can we afford a cab? And he's like, Of course we can afford a cab. I work for this wonderful law firm. Where do you want to go? To the hospital. <gasps> And then they walk across <laughs> Central Park <laughs> through three feet of snow. Dude, what the fuck? <sighs> they go. They check her into the hospital, uh, and she checks in. She don't check out. Um, you know, there's scenes. Oh, so there's a scene with the doctors, and he's like, "I want her to have the best. Whatever it cost is not an issue. I am wealthy. I'm basically a millionaire." And it's just like, yeah. fuck you, bud. Uh, I'm poor. I just I'll just die. I guess I'll just die instead. 
Yeah. Uh, but because your dad, you know, fucking sold, you know, fucking Jeeps to the Nazis in World War II, all of a sudden your fucking family's yeah. loaded. And that's, uh, you know, because they invented uh, Percocets. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah. They're... Because you turn the nation into drug addicts, you fucking. He, uh. Business genius. So then we have the harrowing scene where he has to go ask his dad for a whopping $5,000. And he. Yeah, but he doesn't even ask. He tells. He's like, Dad. Like, he's he's a fucking asshole about it. He goes, sir, you're going to give me $5,000. You're not going to ask any questions. I need the money and you're going to give it to me. And the dad's just like. Why do you? He asks all of the questions that you naturally would ask your son when he asks you for that amount of money. Yeah. Did you get it? And they settle on. Did you get a girl in trouble? Like, do you? What do you need to pay for an and abortion? They, Is that what's going like, on here? Yeah. He's like, yeah. I got a girl in trouble. He'd rather. He'd rather tell his father that he was cheating on his wife than that his wife is. This dude who has connections to everything. Who could get you the top doctors in the world if you would just swallow your yeah. fucking pride, you dumb, rich bitch. Yeah. It, it fucking infuriated me. Listen, I've always said it, and I'll say it to my dying day. Eat Ryan O'Neill. We got to eat Ryan O'Neill. We got to eat Ryan O'Neill. He goes back. And he's getting gamey at this point, dude. He goes. Have you seen him lately? No. I'll do respect to Tatum. I don't think she likes him anymore. I don't think anybody likes him anymore. Oh, he seems to be a gruff fellow. He was a supporting. Did you, he was a supporting character you never on saw Bones. Barry Lyndon. Right? I've not seen Barry, Barry Lyndon's Lyndon yet. on. It's very good, dude. But he's a he plays an asshole in that too. But um, checked it. I checked it off my Kubrick check list. That shit off. He goes back he to the hospital. To done. Phil's there. Her dad's there. Uh, he's he says his goodbyes. Uh, yeah. This is when Ryan O'Neill does the uh. He does the callback. No, no, we we'll get to that. Two seconds. So she he, right. she wants him to crawl in the bed and hold her, and he's like, "I guess okay." He reluctantly crawls in there to hold his wife as she dies. So she dies in his arms. It's a big, it's a fucking weepy moment. He goes out in the hall and he consoles the dad, and he goes downstairs to go step outside, catch some fresh air, and as he's going through the revolving door, who should be coming in at the same exact time? And they stop each other in the revolving door, so they're both yeah, trapped. You, and I send, you I, sent me the, I howled, Bill. It sucks so hard. Yeah, he goes outside, and the dad it's just too convenient. And the dad's doing the right thing. He's like, I made some phone calls. I know you didn't want me to pry, but whatever you need, I want to help. We, I'm gonna yeah. keep your wife alive. I love you, uh, and I'm sorry. And he's like, love means. Never having to say you're sorry. And then he stomps across the street like a fucking petulant I brat. I hated it, dude. And he goes... And, and he go the father's like, what does that mean? What? Does that mean you love me or that I don't, I don't have to say... I don't get it. Oh, I'll, And then he just goes, sits on, the, sits on the bleachers that we saw at the end of the beginning of the movie. And then the fucking love story pops up and it's over. This movie yeah. absolutely fucking rips ass. It sucks. I hate it. I, I genuinely... This is the this is what I thought my whole life I thought terms of endearment was. Terms of endearment's good. It's though. amazing. But I always yeah. my whole life I was like, oh, it's like a weepy girl, she dies of cancer. And I think I always think Steel Magnolias is this too, but Steel Magnolias is a good movie. Yeah. Because it's got And Fragrant Tomatoes is good too, I believe. <sighs> but I 
is it not? It ain't great. But I think of it in this span, yeah. right? Right. It, but it's the All same right. kind of thing where it's like, uh, it's it's what you go like, oh, it's just it's a it's a quote unquote chick flick, and I and I'm not gonna watch it. But then I watched Terms of Endearment, and it's <laughs> unbelievable. It's so good. Yeah, it's very good. And it is sad, and they earn the sadness. And it fucking this is just dog shit. This movie stinks. And now now I think it all I think it all goes to the fact that they have no chemistry together, dude. Dude, this was the sixth highest grossing film of all time for a lot of years. Insane. It's still in the top 50 biggest movies of all time. It makes no In 2021, sense. this it, it it cost 6 million dollars to make. The six million dollar man. Six million was yep. the show that was in this. Oh, I apologize. Well. It cost two point two million dollars to make, and it grosses a hundred and thirty six million dollars at the box office. That's fucking nuts. I can't. Dude. Was I don't nineteen seventy tickets. Tickets was seventy five cents. This is like a. This must have been a huge fucking movie. I don't. I don't get it. It's not like the kind of this is not it's not the kind of movie where you go like oh, I'll watch this on a date, and then at the end you know when she's crying because she's absolutely emotionally devastated because of this cancer death that we just watched. Yeah. Um, you can turn it in for some fun, dude. My favorite my favorite tab on the love story the films um, Wikipedia page is there's a section called Ally McGraw's quote unquote disease, and there's this. Great quote unquote. Are you saying quote unquote, or that's what it's called? Uh, it's it's like a section on the Wikipedia where it's like sequels and remake quotations in popular culture. Right. Ally McGraw's disease, and Roger Ebert has this great quote. It goes in night. It says in 1997, Roger Ebert defined Ally McGraw's disease as a movie illness in which the only symptom is that the patient grows more beautiful until finally dying. <laughs> it's just like yeah. It's true. Ugh. She's just, uh, dude, just from, uh, it's insane. Well, you know, the 70s were a wild time. There were people were eating lead paint. Now, let me ask there you. Still, there was still cocaine and Coca-Cola. Let me ask you this. In 1978, a, a romantic drama film starring Ryan O'Neill and Candace Bergen came out called Oliver's Story. You got any interest in watching this thing? I will. I didn't even know about it until you texted me about it, but I'll watch it. Is it streaming? No. Fuck. Yeah, no. Uh, I'll have to see if the Whitman Library's open. Uh, I mean, it takes place in New England. Maybe, uh, wink, wink, someday. Who is It's Candace Bergen's in it? Yeah. It, so it starts off at her funeral, apparently, uh, Jenny's funeral, and then it's about him trying to come to grips with get the death someone of his else wife. pregnant yeah i don't know and it's about it's got uh is uh uh ray milan uh is back as his father and uh dude i just i got i am not spending a second longer with these fucking people yeah dude i'd you know what i'd say uh just watch barry Lyndon at some point there's some fun uh if you're, if, if you're gonna watch another ryan o'neill movie there's some fun stuff but, about Harvard. Uh, Harvard. This is one of the few films that like had exclusive, like extensive shoots on campus. And Harvard is very yeah. protective now because of this and because of another movie. Um, 
they still was uh with honors, the other movie. No, 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 Joe no. Pesci. With honors Joe was Pesci the one that. With that. honors was the one that let they let they came back. Um. So what happened is love story, and then I'm trying to find the uh. The other one. How high? No, it's called a, It's it called how high. It's called a small circle of friends from 1980. So when they were filming, oh. all of the snow uh, in this movie is fake. I'm not aware of too many things. I know what I know. If you know what I mean. What? To do ya. A small circle of friends is a song that was also on that album by Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians. <laughs> that's that's not the song. But if you I think it's a couple songs down the line. Aye, aye, aye. You'll find it. Edie Brickell is married to somebody very strange. Me, I'm a part of your circle of friends, Paul Simon. And yes. we notice you don't come around. And me, I think it all depends on you touching ground with us. But I quit. I give up. Nothing's good enough for anybody else. It's James. You know the song, right? I know. I know. And being alone is the is the best way to be. Dude, I know the one Edie Brickell song everybody knows, and that's it. Dude, it. Uh, shooting rubber bands at the stars is a great album. I'll have to not. So I'll have to good, not dude. check that out. Check <laughs> it out. You'll be you'll be dancing in the closet there. You'll love it. Ah, uh, yeah. So they they destroyed some trees when they filmed here. They fucked up some trees, and then that's about it. Now, what was what was that? Uh, what they do to them? Set them on fire? No, I think or, they uh, had fake snow, and the snow probably killed some saplings. Uh, but it's not just. It's that's kind of more of a myth than anything else. Uh, Harvard also, yeah. as part of freshman orientation, there's a group on campus that shows this movie, and they make fun of it the entire time. So I actually would like to go to that. This would be a. Yeah, this would be. Is, a, are they are they dressed as women when they do it? I mean, I've sent in my I, I mean, sent in my application for fall 2021, so we'll find out. Dude, let's be honest. Listen, Harvard turned me down back in '87 when I applied. A lot of people turned you down in '87 when you applied. <laughs> I only applied to Harvard, John. Really? I only applied to Harvard. Oh, that seems like a mistake. Yeah. You gotta have a safety well, school. I had, well, I had quit high school the year before, so it uh Oh yeah. It didn't work out for no, me. No, no, so no. I've they, always uh, had a problem with them and MIT. They need you to have a diploma or a GRE. Uh GRE? GRE? What the hell's that thing called? You don't G E D G E D. What the hell am I thinking of? I fucking I have no idea. I'm thinking uh I want to end this Greenwich meantime. So she didn't win the Oscar. No. He didn't win the Oscar. No. They won an Oscar for the for the music. That the, That's it. The noises that were made. Uh, it's the first film of uh, Tommy Lee Jones. He makes his film debut. Yeah, he's a young looking Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Albert Gore. A young looking Tommy Albert... Lee Jones, but still an old looking Tommy still Lee Jones. Looks, yeah, still looks 50, <laughs> but he's got he's got like brown hair. Yeah, and then like, and then the last. I mean, we recently watched JFK, which is he has that like shocking white hair. Yeah, so it's really a span of time. Um, right? yeah, that's the last little piece of this fucking interesting. The last interesting thing about this is that uh, apparently, uh, Al Gore. I'm looking up the the stuff now. I didn't I didn't go deep into this because. Uh, now you're talking about former vice president, Al former Gore, inventor of the internet, guy. Al Gore. Uh, it says it is sometimes said that Al Gore falsely claimed 
that the plot is based on his life at Harvard. In fact, Al Gore mentioned correctly that he had read that the characters were based on him and his wife. Uh, and in 1997, Siegel, the... Uh, Eric Siegel, the author of the book, confirmed Gore's account, explaining that he had been inaccurately quoted in the Nashville Tennessean and that only the emotional family baggage of the romantic hero was inspired by a young Al Gore. Uh, but it was Gore's Harvard roommate, Tommy Lee Jones, who inspired the half of the character that was a sensitive stud, a macho athlete with a heart of a poet. So I guess it's based oh, on... Oh, they, they just took my sensitive stud side? Uh, yeah. You know, because I've often thought, I've looked at the career, the filmography of one Mr. Tommy Lee Jones, an Academy Award-winning actor, one of our great, a national great. treasure. He's phenomenal, And I go, that dude. dude is a sensitive stud. He's so good. Not just a gravelly, weathered. I watched that No Country for Old Men again recently. Dude. You know what I gotta? You know what He's I keep so meaning good. to revisit? I got to rewatch this, uh, this. You hear this thing called The Fugitive? You hear this? I haven't seen that in so long. Dude. I wonder if it uh, holds it, up. Is that streaming somewhere? I don't I'd know. I'd love to rewatch that. Tommy Lee Jones is great. Uh, have you, you've never seen Coal Miner's Daughter, right? I never have. I believe that's on HBO Max. You should check that out. That's a uh, great Tommy Lee Jones performance. I believe he was nominated. Now, you find folks. With, you uh, find folks. Loretta Lynn. Loretta, Loretta Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek as Loretta. Dude, it would be dope as hell if when somebody gets nominated for a biopic, the actual person also gets nominated. I mean, they should. It's their story, goddammit. Right? That's Ray Charles' they Oscar, not least, yours, Jamie Foxx. They should at least get a miniature Oscar, like a keychain one. Now, loyal listeners of The Balcony, you might be thinking, why are they talking about Love Story in January? This is a romantic film. These fools, they missed the opportunity. Two weeks later, this would have been more appropriate for old Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, have we, have we screwed the pooch here? Have we really made a mistake and pulled the ripcord too yeah, early? Yeah, we really fucked up. We should have saved this for Valentine's Day. But what? Valentine's Day has been canceled in 2021? Screech! You're probably wondering how I got here. That was a better noise. It... This is not my beautiful cat. <laughs> no, folks, we're not <laughs> doing none of this out with the fucking romance. We did that last year. It's hack. Hey, get the fuck out of here, pretty boy. You try to find me four more movies in New England that are romantic in nature, and I will call yeah. you a liar to your face. We'll take the box of chocolate, but the fucking flowers can fucking hit the bricks. No, we've canceled the month of February, we don't, and we've replaced it with... Chocolate. You say it, because I can't say it. I'll say it wrong. Kazalan. I'm not even. Kazalantine's Day. Month. Kazalantine's. The month of Kazalantine. Happy Kazalantine's. Dude, I'm honestly not sure how to pronounce the dude's Yeah, we should name. probably find Is that out. Kazal? Kazal or Kazal? I think we talked about this before on an episode, but just to rehash, over the next uh, f- four weeks... We are going to be looking at the filmography. Oh, watch out. Fancy Sean Sullivan showed up. The filmography of what we have now argued in the last uh, last month, really, since we came up with this idea. I think that this is the best actor to come out of New England, just purely based off of his filmography. The man's name. Oh, absolutely. He was born August 12th, 1935 in Revere, Massachusetts. We're talking, of course, about John Holland Cazale. Uh, and he makes, he's got a film, Valentine's. he's got a filmography that involves five films, five 
films, all oh my God. five, five films of the best. nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Award. No one has ever touched that. He's got the record for that. It's incredible. Dude. He's only, only he's uh, The Godfather, The Conversation, The Godfather Part Two, Dog Day Afternoon, and The Deer Hunter. All five of them. Next week, incredible. we are going to stumble our way through we have to you and i have given ourselves the unenviable task of having to watch the godfather and the godfather part two which oh is that what we're doing next week yeah next week we're watching holy moly the fucking godfather and the godfather part two doesn't have this because Valentine's doesn't happen to be a leap year is it with an extra wednesday no damn it nope Damn you, Kazalatine! And then after, after, and once we get into March, we're ramping up to episode 100. And I know you're going, what do you mean? The, the, we got some big, we got a big announcement coming soon. Coming soon. The numbers seem like they're making Sean a liar. But I'm, I don't bonus, count bonus episodes. Live, live episodes. Kazalatine's Day. Next week, The Godfather, The Godfather Part 2. America's dumbest film critics talking about two of the greatest American films of all time. Have no New England connection. At all. Many times you ask me, will you watch a movie with me and then tell me how you feel about this movie? Hey, hey, hey. It, look at that. Do it in a ridiculous accent where you cannot pronounce your eyes. Oh, I... And then I'm going to laugh at you, and then you're going to call me an idiot, and I'm going to call you disrespectful on my daughter's wedding day. Oh, I can't wait. I might watch this thing tonight. Hey, I don't, technically, I don't have a daughter. Or do I? I don't even know what's going you don't. on anymore. I'm not going to lie to you. What's I might that? try to get uh, Godfather 3 watched, too. I've never seen it. They just uh, they just released a recut. A recut. Um, uh, Coppola, I'm right? Curious. Is it Coppola? Francis Ford himself. Francis Ford Coppola. He just recut uh, Godfather 3. So, Like, it just literally yeah, I know in, in the, the last, last like month. Weeks. I'm waiting for him to come out on 4K, and then I'm going to pick him up because I'm obsessed yeah. with this 4K thing. Well, let me know if you buy The Godfather so I don't have to. That 4K is not coming until October, so you're going to be renting that shit on your own. All right, I'll do it. No, is it streaming anywhere? Nope. It's the Godfather. It's not. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen. Maybe I'll buy it. Bye. I'm going to see if I can find it. I'm going. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey, many times you asked me if I could borrow your voodoo password or maybe you could, you know, come over to my house and watch Netflix with me or maybe sit down with me and my wife and watch Hulu Plus. Or maybe sometimes you want to come over and watch Crackle with me or you think that maybe on this the day of my daughter's death. I've already told you I don't have a daughter, so don't feel too bad for me. Or, you know, I'm going to get over it, but, you know, maybe you want to come over and you want to watch Stars, you know. I'm busy. I got family. I got other family besides my fake dead daughter. Oh, fuck. This was a bad riff. All right. We'll see you later.